On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Wrapped all the way around on Tamiko Ranton and for Nathan McKinnon. Eight seconds left in the period. Landeskog has it. Back for Cam McCarr holding McCarr. One-timer. Big by McKinnon. Landeskog off the end. It's in! It's in! They score! Right in the horn! I think it's Nathan Kadri! The clock says zero! But when did this puck go in the net? They're celebrating in the corner. Here's Dan O'Rourke. He's made a decision. Fun review, we have a goal on the ice. Sound the horn. The Avalanche have stormed back and defeated the St. Louis Blues. Two goals in the third period. Ryan Graves and Nazem Kadri give the Avalanche a win in round robin game number one. The first August win in Avalanche history has all the drama. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mile High Pundit podcast. As you just heard, that was Connor McGahee of the Colorado Avalanche radio team. Uh, that That ending might be one of the greatest endings in avalanche history and that's including when paul stassing tied the game late against minnesota in the 13 playoffs in round one i am jared shuck you were listening to my high pundit podcast as i said i'm going to bring in joel james right now joel what a game oh J- jared <laughs> let me tell you i i mean after just all the hype, all the, you know, all the suspense, you know, I, I, hockey is back and it was just so much fun. Just able to kick back and, and watch this one uh, fully just moved in to my new place from my couch. It was incredible. What a game. I'm so geeked about it. I, I had chills just that entire, you know, just after that, you know, I, I knew it was going to be in. I, it was one of those, it was just like, that's got to be in. Um, just disbelief, really, though. Oh, man. Can, can you imagine if there was 19,000 or 18,006 people inside of Pepsi Center and that happened? Oh, that can you? <laughs> the can would be rocking. Mm-hmm. And oh, let me tell you, I mean, even just for me being being able to experience like a, a playoff atmosphere game there last year against the Sharks, uh, man, just the impact of that finish by Kadri. Uh, I mean, to, to put it in a comparison, I, I was I was there for the Landeskog overtime goal against the the Sharks last year. Um, and, and oh man, this one just—I think you might be right, Jared. It might go down as the best. I think it's going to be one of the, the best finishes in postseason history for the Avs, and, and more so the league. Really, I mean, for for all these games being slated as like, oh, are these like? Do these games matter? Yes, they matter. Do Do you see how much these matter? Not only to the players, but to the fans. I mean, yes, these top four teams are playing for seeding one through four in the next round, in the top sixteen round. But there was no love loss. If you've watched any of these other games, like tonight, uh, Minnesota and Vancouver, which are still active right now in the first period, there was two fights in the opening five minutes. You're telling me none of these guys are taking this seriously? I, I this is ridiculous. I, I am so happy that playoff hockey is back because this is this is the livelihood of of, of what I love right here. 
Oh yeah. And, and you know, it's got to mean something to these guys. I mean, they go out there, there was even an interview with Belmar, uh, before the game started, you know, um, basically he was asked, you know, if, if, in fact, it meant, you know, they were talking about the, the asterisk on the cup saying, hey, is it going to mean as much? And Belmar basically just said, oh, yeah. I mean, you don't see the, the fight that we have. You may, I mean, the fans are not, regardless, like you said, Jared. They're out there giving 110%. It's playoff hockey. I saw it to its fullest in the as versus the blues it was a classic game right up to the end let me tell you it had that intensity that upper just echelon biting of the nails type feel to it it was gritty it was great there were lots of hits you know a couple fights just because it was avs blues and you got that a little bit with uh you know the boston uh flyers game but even just comparing the two you know boston and philadelphia two very good teams in the east the avs blues game looked so much more polished jared you can tell that that they're uh, i I mean just from just the games getting started they're two of the deepest and most talented teams in the league and and touching on your uh philadelphia boston comment and comparing it to this avs st louis game which we're going to go into a deep dive of here in a minute uh, oh the, yeah. There's the the issue is, is that Philly and Boston really don't have that much of a rivalry if you look at it. Whereas Colorado and St. Louis are just gunning at each other. I mean, they were gunning at each other the entire season for the number one spot in the Central and in the West. So th- mm-hmm. this was a de facto. Let's see who's let, let, let's see who can who can pee the farthest. You know. And oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, oh. oh. Yeah, like you know, top dog versus top dog versus top dog. As were you know, basically within a game of the Blues all season, they were chasing him from the get go. This was that step up and prove it moment. <laughs> and and I think they proved it. I mean, outside of a couple of small things, there the Avs looked really good. Uh, really quickly, we're gonna I'm gonna touch base on these. Uh, we do have four, three other finals tonight on uh, uh, August the second. I almost said October. Can you imagine if it was October <laughs> and we're talking hockey still? God, that'd oh, be wow. awesome. I hope so, right? It won't be this. Dece- it won't be till December, but it's okay. Uh, Arizona. The scoreline looks a lot closer than what the game was. Arizona wins 4-3 over Nashville, and they hold a 1-0 series lead. Arizona was beating the crap out of Nashville all game. They were up 4-1, and Nashville looked out of sorts completely. And you you put it in a tweet, Matt Duchesne, that's the joke. That's it. And you are exactly right. We said it earlier. We'll say it again. He is a catalyst, and it's not in a good way. Um, Philadelphia, Boston, Philly wins 4-1 over Boston. Boston just did not look good. They they didn't. Tuka Tuka Rast didn't play. Uh, undisclosed, obviously, unfit to play is the new term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and going back to that Boston game, you're right, Jared. They they came out looking flat. They were they were bad on the power play. I mean, Philadelphia showed that you know, hey, we're that younger up and coming. I mean, they skated a lot faster. They're beating them to fifty fifty pucks. Boston just looked out of sorts. Uh, very unlike Boston too, when you have guys like Pasternak. Uh, Zdeno Chara, you know, it wasn't quite as gritty as as I thought it was going to be, just personally. Um, but yeah, and then also the big thing, Jared. I know, I know you're gonna, uh, I know you, you know, you know what I'm gonna bring up here. How about those Chicago Blackhawks? Oh man, I... in with the six-two pounding. Of Edmonton, six four, but I'll give you six, six four. Two. Well, oh, it was, it six, was six two, two for a I long time. We'll, we'll just say that <laughs> six I, two when I stopped watching. I, I, I was, house, but I, I was sitting there oh. with my fiance, and we were because she's a huge Blackhawks fan, and I was just sitting there going, and I texted you and said, "Well, rip my prediction." <laughs> like I don't know is it just is it in Mike Smith's head that he cannot compete in the playoffs now like I have no I idea <laughs> I mean the Avs definitely broke him when when he was with Calgary last year right I mean we, we made him towards the end there he, he was a shell of his former self um, and, maybe and, that and came they, into and they scored play also- but you, you gotta think you gotta talk about Kubalik. You gotta yeah. talk about Kubalik's performance because, like you said, I mean, I think he was your X factor for the Hawks. Am I right? Oh man, let me go look. I I can pull it up really quickly, but let me look really quick. Yeah, but uh, just the way he played, you know, with, with the goal and the and the couple of assists that he had, 
just came out on fire and that entire Hawks team embraced that underdog role um, just in, in a way that I thought they were going to just because of that experience with Kane and Taze leading the way. Yeah. And, and the, the sad part was Kane didn't even do anything. Kane was a non-existent. He had, a, he had an off night. And let me tell you, Jared, Edmonton looks a lot less scary after McDavid. Yeah, they do. My, mine was Debrinket, by the way. Because, oh, Debrinket, okay. I mean, he could get going too, you know? Um, but yeah, just Edmonton did not look good from, from their third line down. No, I mean, didn't. they looked awful. Um, their, their, their defense looked in shambles. Their power play was... They, they, they scored their first goal on a power play, and it was... I want to say it was McDavid who scored that goal on the power play, but, I, I mean, out, outside of that... Yeah, it was McDavid from Dryside on cleft bomb at 234, and outside of that, it was an absolute onslaught. The the, coyote, the Coyotes, good Lord. Um, the Blackhawks... I'm looking at the Coyotes score still. Uh, the, the Blackhawks scored three goals in 323 and just went off just went to town coop week with five points on the night yeah i mean the, the guy was he, he was on fire jonathan taves had what three points as well i mean yeah he had he had a couple assists i think and did, he, did i'm not sure if he had a goal or not yeah he, he had two goals and two one goals assist and yeah assist. two goals and an assist kirby doc with an assist as well i mean Kubuli showed up tonight or last night, and that's for sure. Um, the other final from today was Columbus beating Toronto two nothing to take one nothing series lead. Corpusalo looked solid for Columbus. He he looked really good. Yeah, um, and, and that was the the later game here. Um, I actually didn't end up watch. I watched some of that. Didn't wasn't really into it as much just because I was still buzzing off the uh, the Avs victory. And I, I was I, trying to find my headphones for for this. <laughs> I was like, we gotta talk about this. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I, I, I will say I was shocked. Tortorella didn't go with Bobrovsky off the start and went with Corpy or not Bobrovsky. Sorry, um, Elvis Merzlikens off the start oh, wow. instead of. Uh, Instead of Corpusalo, but Corpusalo comes in, puts up twenty eight saves and in a shutout. I mean, Toronto just doesn't look good. They they haven't looked good. Um, in other scores from the first day of playing games, we already touched on the Chicago. They now hold a one nothing lead. Carolina beat the Rangers as I predicted, three uh, yes, two to take a one nothing series lead. The Islanders beat Florida, which was a little bit of a shocker. Um, that was interesting to take a one nothing lead. So I, I was yeah. shocked at how well Varlamov played in that game. Yeah, the Isles just they really they really rallied behind uh, Sammy on that game. Uh, kind of just sort of uh, you know, like I said earlier, I think that series is going to be closer than what people think. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, just oh, what it's what a slate of games past couple days, man. I've yeah. been trying to keep up with it and trying to unpack also and get internet up so I can watch these games and not have to, you know, refresh the phone every couple of minutes. But, oh, what a, whew, man. Quick, quickly wrapping up here, and we'll get into um, the Rockies briefly before we get into this, this epic uh, Central Vision clash that we had tonight. Montreal defeated Pittsburgh in overtime to take a one nothing series lead. Jeff Petrie, the most unlikely person to score a goal in overtime, gets the game winner. And then Calgary beats Winnipeg 4-1, and Johnny Goudreau scored a goal in the playoffs. We have a Johnny Goudreau sighting in the playoffs. So that we do, that we do, and, and, and Red, Calgary just looked. They they just looked better. Yeah, Win- they looked. Winnipeg looked out of sorts, man. They just looked everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But uh, really quick, let's touch on the Rockies weekend. Uh, the Rockies came into the weekend at a blistering, and I mean that literally blistering four and one after. <sighs> After taking two or three from the Rangers and then taking both games in Oakland. And they came in against the Padres. And that Friday night game was such a weird game. I mean, John Gray comes out. He he didn't have a true John Gray performance, but he had it. But the offense had enough to back him up. And. He gets a no decision in that game. And here's the thing that just makes me want to beat my head into a wall. Why does Buddy Black still continue go, to go back to Wade Davis? It's it's one of those untold things. Um, 
partially maybe because we have a lot of mind tied to the guy right now. I know he was signed as a closer, but like we've both discussed, we have uh, people on the roster that are, are more than capable of uh, of shouldering those responsibilities. Unfortunately, as I say that, uh, Scott Oberg goes down with uh, some blood clot issues. He's on the 10-day to 45-day IL, which is not good for a 60-game season, Jared. Yeah, he's done. He, he's done. And this is the same issue that shut down his 2019 season as well. So uh, it, it appears to be a re- repetitive problem which is not a good sign for Oberg, but, um, and Davis also got placed on the 10 day DL. Uh, I don't know if it's the, if he's got the yips or what he's got, but I, yeah, mean, I mean, he's got something could going be, on. Right? Could be. I mean, just as far as, uh, closers go after that Oakland series, Jared, I was looking at some, some advanced stats for you. As far as the Rockies closers, they were, they were talking about Almonte, Oberg and Davis at the time. Almonte had a 0.0. ERA coming off the heels of that Oakland series. Oberg had a zero point or like a one point something ERA, you know, really, really good. And Wade Davis sitting there with a 16.84 earned runs average. Is that your closer? No, not in, not in this world, not in 27. And this is, this is a guy who, set the Rockies record who took it from Greg Holland for the most saves in a season. This dude is a shell of himself now. And it, it, it's upsetting because he was such a great prolific closer in the mid-2010s. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think about his time with the Cubs. When, when I first... You know, when I first heard we were getting Wade Davis, I was ecstatic. And for those first couple of years, rightfully so. You know, like you said, he had the he had that twenty seven save season. Uh, he looked like he, you know, it, it was going to be. It, it looked like he was in the right spot. It looked like he was closing. It looked like he had his wits about him. Uh, no sort of underlying issues. And now all of a sudden, next few years go by, starts eating up a lot of that cap. And he's getting worse instead of better. And your pitching staff, not good as far as the Oberg injury is concerned. That being said, I, I did I loved the way that Freeland pitched on Saturday. Yes, he looked dominant. The, way. the Colorado kid, let me tell you, if he continues playing like that, the Colorado kid, Kyle Freeland, is back. I mean, six innings pitched, two hits, zero runs, four Ks. Guy, guy was on, and and he changed up his delivery this year. He remember how he used to have like that leg hitch in the front of his delivery? Yeah, he yeah. He, he got rid of it. It's completely gone now, and uh, and he's still able to vary his timing and everything. So like, if he wants to put in the leg hitch, he can. But he's gotten away from it where he like actually hitches at the top and then comes through. Now he's just pretty much up and through now, which is I, I think it's given him a little more confidence that he's gonna be able to. To plant and be consistent every time, but uh, Freeland on Saturday, six innings, two hits, no runs, four Ks in the win. I mean, there, there's not much more you can say about that. That he he was absolutely dominant, and yeah. And then today in the day game, Antonio Sensatella got the start, which was quite interesting. Okay. Um, he goes six innings, four four hits, one run. It was earned six Ks and gets the win. I mean, the guy was on top of it today. He he looked good. He looked rested. He didn't look like he was because the Rockies have been going to the four man rotation up to this point. This is the first time yeah. they added a fifth starter, and so. it's been working. It's been working well for him. I mean, prior to prior to this Padres series, they had eight runs against them for 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 at least in the league. Rockies pitching. I was like, what? Uh, you know, here we are, six and two, tops in the West because you get a little sprinkling of Dodgers losses in there, which is quite tasteful. Always great. Uh, And yeah, as far as the starters and and the bullpen's been huge too. Um, Only, only kind of bad spots been Davis, but I mean, the Rockies have also scored, you know, 22 runs in three games. The bats are coming alive, and I I, I talked about this a little bit last night, just in, um, Let's see if I can find it here. Uh, but it was that DH spot, Jared. You know, Bud Black made a move, and this guy had a, rena- a renaissance. Matt Kemp. 
Dude, Matt Kemp looked so great as a DH. Uh, I mean, oh, he yeah. he's just he loves hitting at Coors Field. He just he really does. And you, you were talking about how the Rockies scored 22 runs in three games. Well, they only gave up 15. But he, here's the tr- kind of troubling stat that I have right now. Going into after the first week, so that Thursday into Wednesday, go, going into through that week, the Rockies had a top five ERA. It was like 1.28 or something like that. It was something ridiculous. This weekend, they gave up 11 runs. The bullpen gave up 11 runs, and the starters only gave up uh, four. So it's a little concerning that now we're going to have this issue of, okay, now our bullpen's going to start giving up runs. Let's hope it's uh, a... I mean, you know, let's hope it's a home and away thing. Um, Maybe the bullpen just needs to adjust getting back to Coors Field. Uh, hopefully that was it for them, you know, hopefully because uh, they pitched well in Oakland. Um, they pitched extremely well in Oakland. And like you said, they they were top five in ERA for for a reason. You know, they were. I mean, they were smothering opponents, both starters and bullpen. Um, but hopefully they get this little bump in the road as far as their their bullpen goes out of the way here. Um but as far as the Rockies go, a six and two, they're they're looking great. If you told me they'd be six and two right now, beginning of the season, I, I might have slapped you. I would have called you a liar. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, on the other end of things, the Nuggets ended up losing to the Heat uh, to a tune of one twenty five to one hundred five. They, oh my god, the the Nuggets looked so lost without Jamal Murray. Murray was out with an injury again. He's dealing with, I think it was a hamstring. It might have been his calf again. I'm not sure. But he just, they looked lost without him. And there there was at one point they had Jokic, MPJ, and Bulbul all in at the same time. That That is yeah. not, that's not a recipe for success. It's not. It, it really isn't. And when you look at this game, said Malone had... Murray out, he did not have Gary Harris with him, and he did not have Will Barton with him. Those are three starters. Uh, You take those kind of caliber players out, and there's going to be changes. Uh, I think just because of the way that the NBA playoffs were structured, that Malone was saying, hey, I've got a couple guys banged up. They're playing for undisclosed reasons. Um, I'm going to test what I've got in Bull Bull and in PJ, get him a lot of minutes, see who they work well with. I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting seeing him out there with with Jokic and MPJ and and Bull Bull. He even had uh, PJ Dozier in there. A lot of length, um, more of a defensive... At one point, he was running Millsap in there with him, too. So a very defensive-minded lineup. Um, But I honestly think that it's just Malone kind of figuring out what he wants to do as far as rotations go. He's establishing who's going to soak up those extra minutes once everyone's back and all said and done. Because at this point, the Nuggets are a lock for the playoffs. It it does just come down to seeding. But it is concerning seeing them drop a game to the Heat, a game which they were favored to win by 20 points. Yeah, and Jokic, Jokic and Jeremy Grant uh, led the team with 19 points. Jokic played 34. Uh, Jeremy Grant played 26. I, I mean, I just I don't know. I, I, you're right. They they can't drop that to the Heat. At the same time, I can understand because they do have a little. They they are dealing with a little bit of an injury bug right now, and they, I mean, honestly, the Heat are no slouch. I mean, they're they're 42 and 24, so I mean, they're no slouch. But yeah, I, I I think they turn it around. Uh, I want to say the Nuggets play tomorrow. I'm actually double checking that right now. Uh, so I think they today. I'm not sure. I didn't keep track of uh, of if they're. I think today or tomorrow. They they had today off. They play tomorrow against OKC, and then they play again on Wednesday and Thursday. So um, we'll have a little bit more of an in depth three game recap for you guys for the uh, Friday podcast, which is also going to drop uh, part two of our interview with Lorenzo Rodriguez. Uh, but let's get into it, man. The, I. I just sent you something on Twitter. I think you're really gonna love. Um, it, it's yeah. the pic- it's a picture of uh, of SpongeBob and Patrick playing outside while Squidward's looking outside at them, just kind of hating them. And Squidward inside it it's it says Nuggets fans and it's Rockies and Avs are outside cheering and having a great time. It's <laughs> it's so funny. Nuggets fans. <laughs> oh man, that's that's a great one. So, and look at that, St. Louis, twenty seven. 
0-6 this season when entering the third period with a lead. That's such a great stat. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. And and um, let's give some credits where credits due. That's from AJ Hayfley on Twitter. He's with the NVR uh, Avalanche. So, Yes, sir. Uh, props, props to all those guys out of DNVR. I'm on a couple lists with them. Twitter, great community, real active as far as... Um, you know everyone they've got working over there so uh i, yeah. I met aj at an at an eagles game when i was working for them the, the guy's such a stand-up guy too i mean oh, very cool he's he's just a really down-to-earth guy and i mean so it, it's gonna be good but let, let's get into this i mean abs abs get the win 2-1 over st louis in the first game of the western conference round robin uh tournament i guess is what we can call it i mean group stage wh- whatever we want to call it i, yeah, I guess we can call it group call stage it. Around Robin qualifiers, and as you heard in the open, it was Kadri with the buzzer beater. And I, I mean, let's say let's say for what it was, the presentation of this game from inside the arena for having no fans was actually was very very good. I mean, you had the you had the LED boards and everything else, but I mean, overall, it felt like it was just a regular game. Oh yeah, they they kind of pumped the uh, the crowd noise in there for the broadcasts. I'm not sure if it was broadcasts or if it was them actually piping that through the stadium there. Uh, but as far as yeah, just the the intensity behind the game, it, it definitely had just that playoff esque feel to it, like you were saying. Um, <clears throat> but as far as the game itself goes, I mean Colorado came out ready to play i mean it was like no holds bar let's go i mean they 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 dominated in the first year yeah i mean that was i I was watching the game with i had some buddies i was talking to on discord while we were watching the game and uh, i I mean we were just going we were saying uh, colorado is just on top of st louis right now it just looked like st louis couldn't get anything going i mean they were out colorado outshot st louis 16 to 4 in the first um and and St. Louis's goal came on the power play, power play from David Perron, um, and, and that Landis got a penalty. Man, that was just that was such a needless, baseless penalty that he needed to take. I mean, I, I think that's just the intensity getting the Landis cog there, and with it being such a high stakes game, it just it didn't it, it didn't look like that was what he intended to do, but it ended up hurting the team in the long run. Um, yeah, I, and it did lead to just the sloppy. Uh, EJ closeout, um, and I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, Perron just he he was in the right place, right time, good power play goal. Was one of those where you know, out shooting him sixteen to four, trailing one zero off just that one power play. Thinking to myself as an as just an Avs fan here, okay, here we go again. We're having PK issues, but we're dominating in every other asset of the game. And, and our our penalty kill looked horrible again tonight. I mean, the Avs penalty kill looked horrible. I mean, I, I mean, yes, they went they they were four or five on the kill, but that that one goal doesn't even need to happen. It it just looked like the forwards the the forwards forced EJ to step out on that, and. The, he shouldn't have to do that. It was a miscommunication between Kadri and I don't remember who the other guy was on on the PK, but uh, there was a miscommunication up high, and it just led to Perron being wide open for that right-handed shot on the left side, and Grubauer just overslides. And it's the same thing we saw in the exhibition game against Minnesota. He overslid on a, on, on a power play. Like, how many more times are we going to see this? Grubauer is a yeah. number one goaltender, and he's still overcommitting. Yes, I get it. He hasn't played in a competitive game in over four months. It's actually been just about five months now. And, but I mean, that can't keep up. I'm hoping he's going to dial it back in by the time the, the, the round of 16 starts. But, I mean, Nemestikov absolutely just healed a, a wide-open one-timer. It's got nothing on it. Whereas if he gets a if he gets a little bit of that, things going in the corner and it's 1-1 one, one after 1. Like Oh, very easily. The Avs had all sorts of chances in the first. Uh, the, the one that hit for me was when, when Miko hit the post off the off of our power play at the very end there. Uh, you know, basically had the positioning on Bennington and just piped it went right where you don't want it to hit right on that inside not close enough to the pipe to have it bounce in but just bounce 
straight up and over. And yeah. It was just like, oh, you know, it was kind of a, a ringing alarm bell. Like the Avs are, you know, they've been doing this since the beginning. But it was like you said, that one PK. And I do think that their, their PK did get better throughout the course of the game because throughout the third, they killed some very crucial uh power plays for for the blues yeah and um, I, I mean the the power play looks like it tightened up a little bit and got a little bit better but i mean grubauer looked really good all night he, he out, did. Out, outside of that one mishap he was square he wasn't scrambling i mean he looked he, he looked really solid all night oh yeah and you know leaving you know first intermission down one the abs came out in second period I mean, just as just as dominant. Um, they, they led all scoring. They led scoring chances eight to one through one. Um, and Group really stepped up in the second and put his stamp on the game and, and really kept the Avs in it as far as uh, because it was one of those back and forth, heavyweight after heavyweight, knock after knock, hit after hit type type game. And on the other side of thing, the Avs power play looked incredible i mean bednar had said had stressed you know them, them working on the power play and i think it showed tonight yeah and i mean j- just like how after that one goal grubauer looked locked in the as power play is locked in from from puck drop at 4 30 i mean they they just looked lethal all night shots were getting through the passing was crisp and it just it felt like it was me one of those games where the power play was not going to get rewarded, and that was just the most frustrating thing to watch when you see McKinnon, McCarr, and Ranton working it around the edge and just getting nothing. I mean, Kadri had a great A chance in in the middle on a on a McKinnon pass, just a quick one timer, and I mean. Bennington just barely catches a piece. I mean, McKinnon had, I don't know how many grade A chances where Bennington just got either really lucky or was really good to be in the right position. And it just like bounced off the, it bounced off the butt end of his goalie stick. It bounced off his shoulder barely. Just, just little, little, little bit of pieces here and there where just, it just felt like, okay, I was going to lose this game one, nothing, probably two, nothing on an empty netter. Here we go again. You know? Yeah. But then there was, you know, with because like I said, group group was clutch all night, and with with McKinnon and all the chances that he had, and I'm not even going to talk about the night that JT Comfer had because boy, he missed some grade A chances as well. But you got to, for me, maybe chalk it up to a little bit of the yips. I mean, they haven't played, it, it, you know, regardless of the that wild exhibition game, haven't played in the game since March 11th. Um, that, that was a stat that kind of stuck out to me. Hadn't scored a goal, a competitive goal since March 11th. Um, but, but, you know, towards the end of that second period, they, they were still chucking along. They were taking what the Blues were throwing and, and throwing it right back with multiple 2v1 and 3v1 breaks. I mean, in, in the second period, you saw McKinnon get involved like you were talking about. You saw Landis Gog. You saw even guys like Belmar, a fourth line, come out and get a few quality chances. Yeah, and I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. The Az were outshot, thirteen to ten, but it, it didn't feel like they were getting outshot in that period. It, yeah, it, it, it felt like it was a very even period. If if anything, maybe a little bit St. Louis's way, but it just it felt it, it felt like the most even period out of the three. Whereas yeah. the, the third period felt like it was all St. Louis until Colorado breaks through. But mm-hmm. and. You know, Bednar really got into experimenting with with his lineup. Um, You got guys like, you know, Nachishkin coming in and showing off what he can do against uh, the Blues Winger. You know, he he had a stand-up play against against Tarasenko uh, late in the second period that honestly might have saved a goal. Uh, Nachishkin saw incredible. yeah, he had an incredible, just incredible back check on 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 uh, Tarasenko, and 
in my opinion, you know, he was on all night. He, he was great against against him and also had stints with O'Reilly and Schwartz even. But And, and he, yeah, even, just, he even had a play great. where he dropped the shoulder and drove the net hard and, and almost tucked one in on Bennington. But that's a play that he loves to do is just bury that, that left shoulder when he's cutting coming down the right side and just bury that left shoulder and just drive as hard as he can to the net. He knows he's a big guy. He's hard to get off the puck. And he just he pushes as hard as he can just get to the net. I mean, outside of his defensive play, like you were talking about against uh, Tarasenko, O'Reilly, and other top blues, I mean, he was he looked really good tonight. Yeah, and, and you could just tell it was building with, with everything that, like I said, with, with everything the Blues were throwing, the Avs were throwing right back. And at the end of the second, a little bit of a scuffle with Landeskog in there. You get Kadri in there too. That's, that's what you like to see. I mean, you know, that's just kind of the the testament to it being emotional for the guys. You know, it's, it's playoff hockey, and they're they, you know, seeing that at the end of the second, just that little brawl. I was like, okay, you know, this third's gonna be, it's it's gonna be a bit of a ride. And and, and going into third, Bednar made probably the the best move move he made tonight was. He puts McKinnon back with Landis Goggin and Rantanen. Now, McKinnon was playing with Rantanen all night. Burakovsky was just on that line. So he shifted Burakovsky down just to just to try and get... You could tell that was his, okay, I need a spark. Yeah, something's got to get going. Yep. I, I don't know what it is, but I just need I need to get a spark. And McKinnon was flying all night. He had he had just an absolute of a he had an absolute just great game. I mean, guy had, he had five shots on goal. Kadri had six. Yeah, and, and and McKinnon threw three hits too, and he was on the ice the most out of any As player. He's out there for twenty three minutes and eight seconds. I mean, he's your star player. You treat him like your star player, and that's what he did. He came out and did that, and. I mean, out, outside of that, I mean, Burkowski takes a stick to the face early in the um, early in the third period. It was just a weird play where he starts to yeah. fall, and the Blues player is trying to clear the puck, and it catches him in the face. And I had a bunch of people saying, "Well, wait, why is that high sticking?" Well, it's because he's falling. That's why. If he doesn't change his body position, he does, he's not getting a clip with that stick. The, yeah, the, the follow through is low enough. Mm-hmm. It, it's just one of those unfortunate things in hockey where. If you're at the wrong place at the wrong time, unfortunately, you're going to get popped. Um, exactly. But, I mean, he took it like a champ. He stayed in the game. Um, but because of that, Bednar was like, hey, you know, maybe drop him down to the second. Um, even had him in the third line. He was going all over the place in the third. Had all sorts of combinations out there. McKinnon was playing with everyone. Love it, man. Yeah, I mean... I remember at the end of the first, McKinnon was out there with Belmar and I want to say Jost just trying to get something at the end of the period. But, I mean, can we just, let's just talk really quick. Ryan Graves getting his first Stanley Cup playoff goal. That was such a disjointed play and it worked out so well. I mean, it's it's one of those plays where you're like, wait, seriously, he scored? Oh, that looks weird. Yeah, it was definitely, it, it was off the counter. I, I mean, um, so, some Blues guy, you know, he got a great look. Uh, I, I thought it was honestly going to be 2-0 at the, at the end of this, um, which was why it was such a surprise. But I remember I was making dinner at the time. I, I was saucing up a, a grilled cheese sandwich and um, <laughs> just, you know, moving food and some mac and cheese. And I was just, you know, came back and saw the 3v2 break for it, it was uh mckinnon uh ranson and, and graves was on that too and miko did just what you want miko to do what you want a healthy miko to do and it was so great to see them just have that one moment where miko executes to perfection i mean and you know graves just being the player that he is being that defensive-minded offenseman uh gives it right back to miko like tries to anyways but basically sort of sort of ended up faking him out and and just buries it um but just oh what a goal and and the amount of skill that takes from from not only graves but but miko i mean miko had a that that pass was beautiful it's a no look spinorama pass and what what graves is looking at um on 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 the video is that he's looking to go back to miko because the blues defenseman had his stick inside to to, to defend the shot 
So he was going to go back to Miko. Miko is probably going to go back across to McKinnon for an easy tap in. But yeah. when you see Graves fan on the pass, he like kind of has like a oh oh crap moment, and mm. he has his left foot off the ice, and he has the heel of his right foot on the ice when he delivers the shot. That's that's all he has. That's his all upper body shot that he put past Jordan Bennington. Oh yeah, and it was just the buildup of you know allowing themselves to get back into the game putting pressure in the third period you know the blues were again they they generated their you know amazingly they they had a lot of chances um but it wasn't until late when it was like okay here we go the avs got that late power play and burakovsky took it like a champ you know got got the hook from steen and the Avs were on it. I mean, it was like Bednar said, they'd been working on the power play from the get-go that last 75 seconds and potentially a little bit into overtime if Kadri hadn't have netted that. They were playing over their heads. Yeah. And I mean, just shot after shot. It, it all starts, too, on that face-off by Kadri. He, I mean, he, he wins the draw clean and the Avs were able to get set up. And... Th- I mean, there was at least, I'm I'm just quickly counting here, one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight, eight shot attempts on goal. Landis Cogs counts as a missed shot because it hit the goalpost. Oh, wow. Um, and so they had one, two, three, four, five missed shots of those, five of those eight shot attempts were missed on goal. But, I mean, and that was from one minute down to no time on the clock to the time that Kadri potted the goal. I, they were peppering everything at the goal. They didn't, they were not going to be denied. They, they looked like they were just ready to fire at all costs. Oh yeah. Just that classic sense of desperation. Uh, you know, Kadri funny, it being said, he actually missed a, a really good opportunity in that power play just, at just first. like seconds before that that was literally seconds 28 seconds yeah. before that seconds before and i see him he's in the middle and he's slamming his stick on the ice and the abs are whipping it around and i'm like okay you know he he does one one slam and then he's back in it you know he he's not that guy that, that's going to get overly emotional which is you know he misses chance you know, acknowledged it with the with the slap on the ice and, and kept going and kept going. And oh man, did it pay off. I mean oh God. And that, that Landis Cog shot, I mean you're talking about hitting posts, like you said in the first period with Miko. Yeah. He, he hit the post and it went straight down to a very grateful Nazan Kadri and he just he buried it and I don't know if you've seen that picture yet on Twitter of him putting the puck in the net and it's just I, I, I said it, I quoted it, I quote tweeted it and said I was, I was like, hang this in the Louvier now, because this is a absolute masterpiece of a picture. It defines everything that playoff hockey is. If you look at Kadri's face, you look at Joel Edmondson's face, you can just see the the range of emotions that happen in literally fractions of a second. Which is what this was. Just absolute fractions of a second. Oh yeah. And I mean Kadri just, you know, sandwiched in between two blues players. Bennington's already hit the deck because of, of Landeskog's just scorcher of a shot. Um I actually had a, a pretty funny take. Uh one of the guys on my list was was uh was saying was you know, was Landeskog off sides though? Yeah, I saw was, that. <laughs> and I was like, buddy that oh, oh. Good timing or um, execution. Right. But oh man, that I mean point one seconds left in the game. Puck crosses the line. It it was one of those where I saw it and I knew it was gonna be in. The review happened, but I was giddy during the entire review. A little bit of stress, sure, but just giddy, knowing that you know, this game was ours. The Avs had to have now have two points in the round robin while the Blues are sitting at a very nice goose egg. It's just great, you know, the way that it happened. And you see just the camaraderie after. You know, you had in the exhibition game, you had, uh, you know, Kadri and, and Belmar and, and a couple guys stand alone for, for the, uh, um, just, just for everything that's been going on. And, 
it was nothing but love tonight. I mean, you saw the way that they they celebrated after that. You know, they're all in it for for the cup. They don't care if it has an asterisk by it. They think it's going to be, it's going to symbolize that much more. It, you know, if they do win the cup, that hey, this is probably going to be the weirdest, most insane, toughest playoffs of anyone's lives right now, just because of the situation. And I'm all in after seeing that. Oh, bring it on. Let's go. Bring on Dallas. McKinnon's little hop thing I sent you on Instagram. (laughs) Dude, you want to talk about a guy who loves winning and and takes nothing less but winning? That's Nathan McKinnon. And he was all about that. I mean, he, like, when he hugged Kadri after he scored and they were doing their scrum in the corner, he, like, basically threw Kadri into the boards and the glass, like, and, like, was, like, freaking out. And. Here's my issue, and this is with every sport. Why did this review take almost five minutes? I mean, you have it as a good goal on the ice. If you can't tell within the first two and a half, two, two and a half minutes that, oh, we can't say for sure it wasn't a good goal, then just leave it. I, I get it. It's a Stanley Cup. Po- it's a qualifier, but yeah. dude, that that took so long. And 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 just for no, uh, Nazem Kadri's goal is the latest goal, the latest scored goal in Stanley Cup playoff history at 19 minutes 59 seconds and 59 hundredths of a second. The, the previous record was held by UC Jokinen when he played for the Hurricanes against the Devils when he scored it on Marty Brodeur at 19 minutes, 59 seconds, and 58.58 seconds. So he had 0.2 on the clock when they scored. But I, that, I, and, and Kadri said it really well. He, he, he said, I, I think it was pretty close. I knew it hit the back of the net before the buzzer went off, but I wasn't quite sure if the buzzer was late or what was going on. Obviously, it was really tight. So... Yeah, and and that's just you know quote directly from 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 Kadri on that goal. Just man, I mean the energy around this team, I, I love it. Um, you know, oh two and two against Dallas coming up, but uh, but yeah, Jared, I, I gotta ask you one thing. Um, who do you think? I mean, obviously, maybe besides uh, Kadri, who do you think had the biggest impact overall for the Avs? I'm I'm not gonna go with one player. I'm gonna go with a group of players into that top power play unit of McKinnon, McCarr, Ranton, and Landeskog and Kadri. I that power play unit was absolutely lethal all night. And yeah, just just quickly looking at their stats, um, McKinnon spent six minutes on the ice of power play time. Landeskog six minutes. Ranton six minutes. Kadri, three minutes. Uh, where is he? Kale McCarr, six minutes. I mean, they were out there for most of the power plays that they saw tonight. And yeah, they, they were effective all night. And, and in the third, when, when the going got tough, you notice what, what uh, Bednar did with his defense. He dropped Graves, and he he, he paired McCarr with Gerard mm-hmm. for the final couple minutes there. And let me tell you, for for me, just overall impact wise, I'm gonna have to go with Makar. I just watching him play, and, and maybe it's just because I haven't seen him play legitimately in a while, and it's unfortunate that that's happened. But there's a nastiness to his game, man. He's he's so much fun to watch out there. He's he, you know he almost skates like he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He can. I saw him throw some bodies today, and I loved it. He was getting gritty. I mean, he, he's a kid, but yeah, he's just playing with such intensity, and he's truly looked as one of the more revered leaders as far as a decision maker on that power play unit. And I mean, he was funneling pucks in that. He was making great passes. I mean, there there was one shot in the third where I w- where I literally said out loud, I was, "I was like, there's nobody in front of the net. Why take that shot?" That was the only thing I saw from Makar all night, and that was the only criticism I had. He had a he had a tremendous back check in the first period where he where he laid the body on a guy, and Ryan Graves blew up Ryan O'Reilly in front of the net in the first period too. And that he oh yeah that that was a <laughs> that was an absolutely phenomenal hit and. Just as a as a honorable mention, Belmar with went sixty seven percent in the faceoff circle tonight, which was tied for best on the ice with him and O'Reilly. So, I, I mean, awesome. Bel, Belmar yeah. did his job. He, I mean, he's not a guy you're going to see on the stat sheet a lot of the nights, but he he yeah, does just, all the right things. I mean, two hits, three blocks. He did everything he's supposed to do. 
Oh yeah, he he did have that unfortunate uh, penalty called on him. Yes, in the third that kind of put the Avs in a tight oh no spot. Um, but overall, he had a really solid game. Um, and just kind of, you know the the official three stars for the NHL. Uh, one obviously you got Philip Grubhauer, uh, snagged thirty one to thirty two shots. Um, just played over his head. Had a classic group game. That being said, Bednar has stated that it's going with Paulo Francouz uh, next game uh, against the Stars, which he said he was going to do. It's going to be more of a uh, he, he's going to be switching off until until the meet of the playoffs start. Um, but second star, you had Nizam Kadri with, with the goal, obviously. Then third star, you had Jordan Bennington because he did have a great game. I mean, he, he was a wall. The Avs could not score on him. It was like, are we, we're just shooting the puck directly into this dude's chest, into his glove. He was a wall for, for all night. And facing 36, you know, 36 shots, he, he had a great game up until just that last... Uh, last shot by by uh country yeah and bennington he he looked like he was dialed in which is a great sign for for blues fans um abs abs on the power play go one for five st louis goes one for four i mean that's pretty typical of a playoff game you're not going to get a ton of power play goals obviously uh yeah. the the outliers obviously the game three last year against calgary where the abs just went off and scored, I think it was two or three power play goals. But yeah. the the one of the bigger talking points that I saw today was that uh, Tyson Jost got in on the fourth line tonight with Nieto scratched, and uh, Jared Bednar actually spoke on that after the game and said, "Look, I, I talked with Nieto, and I just didn't like how he's looking in practice, and I was honest with him about it. And Nieto is always the guy who comes back and is hungry and wants to be in on the next lineup. So you, chances are you'll see him on Wednesday on a Tuesday night against." Uh, Dallas so but yeah in in your opinion and this is just one game I mean we haven't seen competitive avalanche hockey in over four months mm-hmm. what what does this one game tell you about the outlook for the rest of these games going to Red Robin play watch out for the Avs I mean they they looked fast they they put bodies on people they had great power play opportunities the only weakness in their game right now jared is that penalty kill and i think that's going to get stronger as they continue playing uh but yeah just great seeing them back in action uh just awesome awesome game but by them they they really it was just classic classic abs you know nail biter right down to the finish um and I mean, outlook as a whole, why not gun for the one seed? We're sitting up there, two points. St. Louis, the, the supposed number one overall seed, is sitting at the bottom now with zero. We control our own destiny. Our own destiny. Why not go for the throat? And, and I think it's going to put a little bit more um, implications on the game tomorrow night between Dallas and Vegas. And I just want to correct myself. The aspect of stars on Wednesday, not Tuesday. Gotcha. Um, but I, I think it's going to put a lot more onus on that game tomorrow night, and I'm going to be I'm going to be watching that game pretty heavily because it, if Vegas comes out and and beats Dallas, I mean whatever it might be in overtime, whatever whatever it is, yeah, that puts the Avs really in the driver's seat going into that game on Wednesday because not only are the Stars going to be playing two games in three nights, and the Avs have an extra night of rest. That they do. But now the stars are like, uh oh, we're behind the eight ball. And they could also be in, in the idea of, well, you know, we came in as the four seed. If we leave as the four seed, whatever. And that may mean yeah. nothing to them in general. But if in, in the inverse, if the stars beat the Knights, that makes that game on Wednesday really the breaking point of, okay, you beat the stars. Chances are you're probably the number one seed coming out of this. Yeah, with me, kind of the opposite take. I'll play devil's advocate here for a sec. Uh, if the Stars win the game against Vegas, and to be honest, I'm not really worried about Vegas. I think we're going to beat them. We've always matched up well against them, playoffs or not. Um, you know, especially the last couple of regular seasons here. You know, we, we, we've had some success against them. And, I mean, just... If Dallas comes in and beats Vegas, 
you have a motivated Dallas team going up against the Avs. Um, maybe a complacent. I mean, they, they play a very defensive style, grinded out type hockey. They're not very flashy. They're the polar opposite of the Avalanche. But the Avs did go 0-2-2 and against them. Um, but on the flip side of that, Jared, you get a Dallas team that loses to Vegas. And, and you get a Dallas team that's packed to the brim with desperation. And I think that's going to be the more dangerous of the two teams. So I'm hoping that Vegas wins. And that the Avs just, you know, I, I want the Avs to beat the to beat uh, Dallas as well. I, I'd love for them just to go 3-0. and But we'll see. It's going to be great. Yeah, and really quickly as we go to wrap this up, uh, we're going to apologize now. This is not going to be our 30-minute episode, so we're going to save that for Friday. This was th- this was a much longer episode as it needed to be. Um, tomorrow's game is on August 3rd. We have New York and Carolina in Game 2, Winnipeg-Calgary Game 2, Washington and Tampa in their first game of the round-robin portion. All that's right. that's going to be a really good game. Dallas-Vegas, like we've already talked about, is tomorrow. And then Montreal-Pittsburgh and Chicago-Edmonton. There are six games on the slate through the next four or five days there is nothing but hockey on and it is a beautiful time to be a hockey fan right now uh really quickly as we wrap this up of those six games that i've mentioned which one are you gonna be most closely watching i mean for me you got to think about that vegas stars game right as an avs fan that's going to be key i'm also going to be keeping track of the edmonton chicago series just because i do love watching uh both those two teams play and it could be an implication you know if the blackhawks win and the avs lock up that one seed watch out because that's who we're playing yeah i'm i'm with you on the chicago edmonton game uh that i i'm i'm really interested to see if First off, Edmonton goes back to Mike Smith, or they go to um, Corpus, not Corpus Silo, uh, Koskinen. And yeah. Goal. And and then I'm all really, I'm also really interested to see the Winnipeg Calgary game because Mark Shifley uh, left the left game one after a hit from Matthew Kachuk, where it looked like maybe Kachuk's right skate came up onto Shifley's leg, and Shifley did not return in that game, and. Uh, who is uh, Patrick Laine is also listed as as questionable for tomorrow's game. So that's gonna be another really interesting one, really interesting game because if Calgary goes up two nothing, the the odds of going up two nothing in the NHL in a best of five series, your odds of winning are ninety six percent. There's only been one time where someone has come down, come back from two nothing, and won the final three games. Which up until I believe it was eighty seven, the NHL did best of five series for the first round, yeah. Yeah. and. After that, went they went to best of seven to give a little more viewership, I guess would be, and to fill some some uh, TV contracts. But I'm, I mean, outside of those two games, the game in the middle there's obviously the the Dallas and Vegas game, which that's a 4:30 start uh, local. So, I mean, I'll be at work, I'm sure, just as you will be. So we'll be yes, sir. We'll, we'll be following yeah. on our phones a little bit, but it, yeah, I mean, track. That, that should be a really good game. Oh, yeah. And just excited to get into the meat of this. You know, we're going to have a lot, a lot of hockey to watch uh, <laughs> next few days for sure. Exactly. Um, that being said, if, if you wanted to go out, grab a drink or, or anything and watch some of these with me, um, you know, I'd be, I'd be down. Um, I have yeah, folks, Wednesday well, off yeah. so we can go catch okay. the Dallas Colorado game. If there's like a fuzz, I think there's a fuzzies down by you. So. Yeah, 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 should be. Um, but yeah, folks, that, that, that about wraps it up for us here. We're at about the hour mark, but apologize for the longer episode. Like Jared said, uh, not going to be our usual 30-minute episodes that we'll be pumping out weekly, but we had to talk about this. I mean, it was just, uh, just a whole mood where, you know, sitting in the new house, immediately after the game and jared hits me up he's like we have to talk about this right now and i was like yep like finding my headset we were getting in on this so so folks thank you for for listening uh thanks thanks for listening to our takes uh we'll be back uh as jared was saying sunday with um with a special guest lorenzo here talking about esports friday very excited to oh yeah friday uh 
with uh, Lorenzo here talking about esports. So it should be really, uh, really exciting to to see what he has to say. And, really, really quickly uh, too, um, Minnesota is about to beat Vancouver two nothing. There's 52 seconds left, so Minnesota is going to go up one nothing in their series as well. All right, folks. Well, you got the Wild winning. You got the Avs winning. Um, you got Chicago winning. And you've got the Yotes winning in the West. The wet, the West is a wagon. As of right now. <laughs> it's just a wagon, oh, yeah. man. I'm just a big old kegger. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah. I uh, thanks, thanks for listening, folks, and everyone. Have a stellar rest of your week. I know I certainly will. With the Abs kicking it off on a beautiful Sunday here in Denver, and uh, Jared, yeah, take it easy. I'll uh, we will link up here. <laughs> next few days and, and we'll be back talking with with all of our listeners and, and viewers and all of our listeners here uh, on friday see you guys have a good On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com.